0: Welcome to The Last Choice TV Reviews Podcast. My name is Ender and I'm here with my co-host James. And in this episode, we will be reviewing and breaking down HBO's House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 7. Now we're all the way up to 7. Sorry for the delay in this episode. Uh, I've been uh, fighting a case of COVID that ran through our family. So recording was uh, not going to happen. When you are sick, uh, it was a doozy, uh, but everyone is recovering. This episode is called Drift Mark, so we'll kind of start the way we always start, James. Uh, overall feelings and and opinions of this episode
1: uh, that is called Drift Mark. Uh, I liked the episode. I think you start to see the game you know, we like to call it the Game of Thrones, uh, it really starts to to show its head here, right? Um, I find it interesting and, and I'm sure you'll go in as we break this down, this opening scene with, you know, they talk about the the Targaryens or the dragons and they're in the air and, you know, it's tradition for them to get burned. Now of course she was she was burned But we're seeing her being returned to the sea because for the Valerians, it's all about returning back to the sea. So that's kind of where we're at. But what I found interesting is this opening scene, this almost like funeral for all intents and purposes. Um, Everyone's very awkward. And at first I was like, it's almost too awkward. And then I learned that this was actually the very first scene that they shot with this group of people. And it was on purpose because they didn't have hardly any interaction. So a lot of the awkwardness is genuine because these people really don't know each other.
0: Well, I also think you, you get into, um, you know, for, for me, the, the overall episode I think worked well. Uh, There were some stylistic decisions in the episode that I didn't quite agree with. I think we got our first, um, it took a while to get one in game of Thrones, but we got one here of our, our ridiculously dark episode where you can't see half the things that are happening. And I know this is a very cinematic film, but these guys, when they're directing these, these episodes, they have to realize this is a made for television series. So you're not in a completely dark room with perfect lighting and a calibrated machine to be able to handle these super dark episodes cuz honestly I didn't know it was that dark. Everyone was like did you realize how dark it was? Dark it was. I'm in yeah, you know, the studio that I'm in here has my movie theater behind me, which is perfectly dark calibrated audio and calibrated video. So to me, it looked amazing. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's one of the most visually stunning episodes we had. Like there's moonlit uh... scenes and it's the complete opposite of what everyone else is saying.
1: Yeah. I love that, that you say that because I watched it once in my studio right here with three monitors and everything's like, you know, I can change the lighting how I want and everything looked great. I have great monitors. When I watched it in the living room in the middle of the day to watch it for a second time, I was like, what the heck? Like all I could see was my my house behind me, like everything inside, because of the way yeah, everything it, was,
0: it, everyone was there. Because immediately we have a chat room at work where people were talking about, it and they're like, "I couldn't see half the episode." I'm like, "What are you guys talking about?" Yeah, I did listen, the same and thing. I don't
1: want to get, I don't want to get in the comments. Get get a good TV. Listen, half the world can't have a, a no. I have three thousand dollar television. So I,
0: I have a fantastic television in my room or in our living room, but it's. You know, there's windows all around and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's made for high brightness. It's supposed to be super bright. But even there, I couldn't I couldn't I could barely watch it like it was so dark, Um, which is very different from this show, because this show has had very, very bright scenes, very done. But I think they were just trying to create this different feel of you being in Driftmark like Driftmark is very different than yeah. King's Landing and anywhere else that we've been even Pentos you know we've been around um, the, the world here so they're really making this dark dreary uh, feel because you're you know again kind of like the Iron Islands was and that's where we got the super dark episodes there um, in Game of Thrones but I just wanted to point that out because I know everyone was saying it and I, I honestly did not notice it until like like same as you I watched it for the second time Um, and, and then I watch it for a third time on my laptop, crazy enough, my laptop, it looked fine. So Mm. Apple laptops just does a pretty good job with low light, but that I had the brightness all the way up. So I almost probably had the image washed out, um, from there. So uh, stylistically, I I get what they're going for, but they need moving forward when we do these scenes. And I know the one people are really upset with in game of Thrones was the super dark fight scene. Like you missed half the fight, yeah. Um, in in the Game of Thrones one because you couldn't see it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the same reaction there. I was like, "What do you mean you couldn't see it?" And then you watch it again, you're like, "Oh yeah." Um, not everyone is going to have you know three, four, five thousand dollar TV, and even if you have a five thousand dollar TV, if it's not calibrated. Your video is not going to be great out of the box. Most of those expensive TVs, the video is not great out of the box. You have to calibrate it. So off that rant of of TVs and different things like that. Overall, I thought the episode worked. And I think you got into it here already. We start off this episode with the Driftmark funeral uh, returning, I would assume, either an empty sarcophagus or ashes of Lady Liana to the sea, um, if this is just some ceremonial piece that they're doing here. Um, it was beautifully shot. I think you really got the feeling of how Driftmark does things and how the Valyrians do things different than uh, the Targaryens. Uh, you did mention the difference between the water returning them back to the water and returning them back to the fire, or being burned. And she, you know, she's getting both here, which is a, a nice honor um, for her. I did have one. Like we, we learned two things here. One, Damon starts laughing in the middle of it. And I had to rewatch like, what? Well, cause again, there, you they're know why he's laughing, right? Well, they're speaking high Valyrian and I'm not, I'm reading it and trying to pay attention to everyone's, um, facial expressions while, while I'm wi- watching it. And I wasn't really listening to the words that were being said when Damon starts laughing. So with the second time I went back to watch it, I made sure I paid super attention and he starts laughing as they're talking about the purity of the blood, yeah. the bloodline and how it needs to say pure. And I didn't notice this, but it looks like, and so the guy that's giving the funeral speech is the brother of, of Coralis, of and it almost looks like he's staring right at Rhaenyra the whole time. When you cut back and forth, when he's talking about the bloodlines and how it should not be thinned out and it should be pure, and that's when Damon starts laughing and kind of like makes this little gesture towards Rhaenyra and, you know, she pulls her kids closer to her at that moment. And I, I didn't pick it up the first time because I was too busy just trying to watch everything. But the second time I was like, Oh, come on, Damon. Like, really? Uh, do you, is that where you're going to do that? And, and Coralus looked right at him. Coralus was not happy with it. Um, the implications that Damon was, was making there. The other thing that we find out is Otto's back in the picture as Hand of the King, and we had our little murder scene. Uh, The Strongs ended up getting murdered in the episode before by their brother, Laris, and he kept his word to Alicent that her father would come back and be by her side, and she would have someone to help her in this game that they are playing. Uh, So two... Things that we kind of find out there Damon laughing about the pureness of the bloodline on the Valyrian side with rhaenyra and that Otto is back, which honestly I could do without, but I guess we're gonna find more about Otto. Here we go. Um, so we move kind of on, they end up, um dumping the sarcophagus into the water. You kind of see it fall down there. And there's obviously other ones down there. So this seems to be like the spot that they dump it. They had like the little plank that was grind down that they pulled it yeah. in. Um, and we cut into the next scene, which is a really long scene with a lot going on and a lot of non-talking and just awkwardness all the way through. But we do see as we come into Driftmark five dragons, um, we do not see Liana's dragon, Vegar, because he's just massive and huge. He's not here, but I'm assuming we have, um, Sea Smoke, uh, Damon's dragon, and probably re, uh, the kids' dragons here as well. Um, so Driftmark has five dragons plus Vegar at this moment that we know of. Um, so we move into this scene. It's, it's really hard to break down everything that happens here because there's so much like facial expressions and people watching each other. And when Rhaenyra first walks in, she makes direct eye contact with Damon and Allison's staring right at her watching yeah, every she, move. She
1: clearly wants to speak with Damon and yeah. you can see it, throughout this entire scene no matter who's talking, they always seem to pan back to them. Kind of, She's like wanting to get to Damon, but it's almost like I want to talk to you, but I also know we can't talk in front of all these people.
0: Yeah, there's, there's definitely this feel of if I were to walk up to you right now, this would start things because he's still banished from the kingdom. Like his Correct, father yeah. kicked him out again because of the issues that he had with... Uh, well, his his brother, right? His brother, yeah, with, yeah. with uh, Viserys. So he's still not... I mean, he's there because obviously his wife just passed and he would not not have him there. And we have a bunch of people made this trip to Driftmark in order to be part of this funeral that we have uh, that's going on. So uh, Rhaenyra ends up walking over to her son Jace and basically... She is looking for Sir Lanar, like no one has can has really seen him since the funeral, and he was really not taking the loss of his sister well. You could tell from the scene before that he was very upset um and why wouldn't you? It's your sister um so he's he's not doing very well right now, and she tells him that you know your cousins are over there, they're in mourning you know, you should go over there and have a kind word. And Jace makes the comment and, and, you know, good for him. Um, I have equal claim to sympathy and I- implying that, you know, my father was just killed and the Strong's were just killed. And like, I should be upset. Like we should be mourning heron Hall and mourning, uh, sir Harwin and, and everything that just happened. And, uh, Rhaenyra like quickly shuts him down like stop talking they are our kin the Valyrians are our kin do you understand me like we are not talking about this anymore because in the last episode he had asked that question like are we really bastards and she didn't tell him no she basically just told him we're Targaryens like at the end of the yeah. day we're Targaryens that's all that matters Um. so Jace being smart and and this is gonna this is gonna come out throughout this episode um, understands that, you know, he had just lost his father as well, but he does end up going over to his cousins um, holding her hand. I think in a, in a nice gesture there or standing next to them and she holds his hand.
1: Yeah. She grabbed his hand is kind of as
0: uh symbolic there. Um, I think just to yeah. reach out like, Hey, you're, you, I know you're being kind to me and, and they're, they're growing up together. Like regardless of, it's almost like we're building up to something here and we'll get into it later, but they're trying. The children here are trying not to let their parents' feuds and things get in in their way of being friends with each other. It and
1: also, uh, I also wondered, and you can say if you think I'm crazy here, Andrew. I also wondered if she knows that you know between Damon and her mom talking, she might not be stupid, and she probably knows her that.
0: Oh, His I think everyone knows. Died. Yeah, I think that's, that's so going on there, She probably too.
1: is like, it's not your problem that our family is like this, but your dad did just die, so I'm here for you, too.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think I got that feel there between them, where the kids, again, that's kind of where you said it better, where I'm saying, like, the kids are trying not to let this feud get in the way, and they're trying to help each other out in this time yeah. of just despair, where, you know, we both have lost parents here. Like, this is... This isn't good. And even if you didn't lose a parent, Sir Harwin was their protector at that yeah, time. Yeah. So let's like even take that away. Like this guy grew up next to them, protected them, all of that kind of stuff. They're going to be upset when something like that happens. It goes back to kind of like Arya and the Hound, Yeah, you know, at that point to where, yeah, they weren't romantically involved, but they were upset when something happened to each other because they were, they were together for such a long period of time and relied on each other. Um. So then we kind of find out that Laris is uh, Sir Christian comes over to the queen and and, and lets her know like, hey, uh, Sir Laris hasn't stopped looking at you since he got here. And like, I'm telling you, they cast this character perfectly because you could not get a more weaselly like death stare you're a serial killer rapist kind of person like look on this guy's face than what he had um and allison was like it's not anything other than pride you know he just inherited heron hall because all the other strongs died so he is now the the lord of heron hall uh, because he murdered his brother and his father like yeah On the queen's behalf, though, like you got to air quote that like the the queen wanted her father back. So I found a way to do it. It's well, I think you're self-serving in that as well. And you're watching out for yourself, not necessarily the queen, but aligning yourself to where you want to be. We also have and I don't I don't know where we're going with this and I don't want to get into like what I've read offline, but Allison's daughter, she's an interesting character. Because we do have a little scene here where she's playing with this spider. And she's like talking about weaving dragon threads and she's just going through all of this. And I'm wondering if it's going back to what Viserys had said in a couple of the beginning episodes of the dragon dreamers. Like like he's always wanted to be a dreamer and I'm wondering if she's a dreamer that they're talking about here or or some form of dreamer that has these prophecies that are coming up. And that's why she's always like muttering and and saying stuff under her breath. If something's going on here where she's kind of like Bran was and had some form of, of prophecy in her or something like that. I I don't know, but it's very odd and we're focusing on it a lot. It's like the last two episodes have focused on this.
1: Now, did I catch this right that it looks like because you see Aegon and Aemon talking about her, which yes. is their sister. But then Aemon, or Aegon says something about then you should marry her or something is is Aegon and his sister there are betrothed.
0: I don't think so. I think it's just they think they might become that way to keep. The, it's just a Targaryen thing. Um, it, but I haven't. I haven't heard that exclusively, so I don't know. Um but, but you yeah. know what,
1: you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz he I was get, like it says I would do my I would do my duty.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just like she's your future queen and he's the king. So if they're queen and king, then they would have to be betrothed to each other. I think that's what yeah. they're saying there. If he becomes king or however that ends up working, because technically he's not going to become king. And no well are they going back yeah I don't know here I'm not sure how this is how this is running through but again it's it's very awkward and I I do think there's some like prophecy in her that's more like uh Bran was in the episodes so we kind of move forward um and I'm not going to hit everything in this episode because some of the things I just don't think were important. Um,
1: well, Coralis.
0: Uh, well, we're going to, to Corliss now. Okay. Um, Corliss is talking to... I wish I could remember his name. It's not Jace. Oh, uh, Lu- Lucius. 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 Yeah. Lucius. Lucius. Um, yeah, Lucius, I think. So his youngest grandson on how he's going to be... Luceris. Luceris. Uh, how he's going to be the... Um, lord of the tides um so his, you know his brother is gonna be king of of the area and you know he's gonna be the lord and i, I feel really bad for him and, and he makes a great point here of where he's like i don't want it
1: he pulls a very Jon snow yeah
0: it, it was it was it was Jon snow-esque and it was um yeah you know, the reason he doesn't want it is because everyone else would have be dead if i become a lord And I have all of this stuff. It means you guys have already died and I I don't want that. And I think it's the first time in the entire series of Game of Thrones where I almost felt it was a genuine, I don't want power. Like even Jon Snow's, I never felt was 100% genuine. It was more of I'm a bastard and it would never happen. So pity me a little bit. But here's one where it's like...
1: You're on that train to, like... Oh, I've always been on the that train. Jon Snow wants pity.
0: Oh, I, I've always been on the Jon Snow oh, wants pity chain. And we might have to
1: reevaluate our partnership.
0: No, if, if <laughs> you're just wrong there. And that, that is the that's the underlying <laughs> feeling of that entire episode. Woe is me, I'm Jon Snow. Everyone hates the Jon Snow. Shut up, Jon Snow. Just do what you're supposed to do. Um. <laughs> anyway, off that rant... But I do feel bad for the kid because here he is at this funeral. And again, the kids aren't dumb. He's also mourning the loss of his father and can't say anything about it at the same time. And here's the, you know, his, his grandfather telling him, oh, you're going to be the Lord once when I die. It's like, do we really need to talk about this right now? I, I don't know. Um. So, yeah, uh, you have a weird exchange with the queen and Rhaenyra with just like looks at each other. Um, she then goes over and hugs her grandkids. And then you have another weird like embrace between Eamon and Jace where they're just like they, none of these kids know how to act because their parents are so at each other. It's like they just don't know what to do. They're They're just awkward and then you get rhaenyra continuing to look over at Damon and they shoot each other little smiles and we just start getting this weird staring around each other and then Damon looks up to the sky aemon looks up to the sky and you hear Vagar. you can't yeah. see Vagar, but you definitely hear Vagar, and the sun comes down and then we finally find out where um lenore has been the whole time and he's just standing in the water and I can't, I can't think the water's warm here.
1: Like, is this, he's it's freezing He's just, I think he's asshole. just numb. He lost his yeah. sister. I mean.
0: And he's just standing in the water and you have of uh, interesting interaction between Corliss and what everyone knows, but no one's going to say is, you know, Lenore's lover here and he's he's basically tells him to go col- retrieve your patron
1: is is the word starts he to make a scene until and his, brother his stops brother him
0: brother stops him yeah I, I think he definitely but i think this
1: is another secret that is not a secret
0: oh oh by, by far everyone there knows and you know they're just not going to say anything because of the positions of power like it's just you're not going to say anything to to a king on uh, something that he doesn't want to say himself kind of deal, even though he knows Uh the King then comes over to Damon and is trying to comfort his brother. I think he does a, a good job here as the King, like trying to comfort his brother. If all he did was try to comfort his brother, but here's Viserys trying to be Viserys and, and ask Damon to come back, be part of his council again. Does he real like can Viserys just start to realize that Damon Wants power. He wants things.
1: Yeah, but I also think Viserys needs him at this point. I don't think he. No, I don't think he feels a lot of trust anymore in what's around him.
0: Yeah, but I also don't think Damon's been the most trustworthy brother. But Targaryens are known to go back to Targaryen blood. You know, at the end of the Correct. day. We're gonna go back to Targaryen Blood and trust blood over anything else. And he wants Damon back. Damon says, you know, his his home is Pentos. Um, and he walks away from his brother. And then Damon being the 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 great Damon that he is, and and, and the comment that is made, um, he bumps into Otto. And Otto is says, I'm sorry for your loss, my prince. And we already know the history these two have together. It's not a good one. And Damon has probably, I don't know, top three lines of this series so far here when he talks to uh, his response to auto. And and I want to get it exact. What he says is no matter how fat the leech grows, it always wants another meal. Right to Otto. And I'm just like, yep. Come on, Otto. People haven't forgotten. They exactly. they know what you are. Damon knows what you are. The king may have brought you back because Alicent asked. But this isn't because we trust you anymore. So don't act like we're in a new game. Rhaenyra, as you said in the beginning, kind of sees her opening to talk to uh Damon as he leaves so Damon leaves and looks like he's walking down towards the beach area where uh Lenore was at she tells the, her kids to go back to bed to get to bed and you have this weird scene where Otto hears the whole thing and kind of has this weird stare and it's not good when Otto has some information or sees something like that because we know in the past Otto has had the queen or not the queen I'm sorry uh Rhaenyra uh, followed. Um, the one thing that I didn't mention when he was talking, Damon was talking to his brother. He does make the comment of how um, the gods are, have been cruel to the King with how much he's breaking down because all the characters haven't really changed over the, the time they uh, since they've grown up. But the King is really degrading fast. Yeah. I mean, he is sick uh, almost to the point to where Um, you just don't know, like, the last trip he made here, he almost died. You know, he passed out in the hall, uh, in in the, like, courtyard when he got back, so I I don't know if he makes this trip back home or not, uh, at this point, with how things have been. Um, then we get into the super dark scenes, where everybody was really upset, uh, we find Aegon is drunk in a stairwell,
1: and... And this is the second episode in a row that Aegon is just a complete waste of space, really. But you know, from Allison's point of view, and 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 I'm sure you're about to get into it. This is the this is the person that they're trying to say should be the next in line from from that side of this whole game. Yeah, and that's why Otto's so pissed. Worthless.
0: Yeah, this guy is completely, You know who he reminds me of of the uh, Lannister. In the beginning, I can't remember like Jason Lannister, where yes. he he was trying to like he's just completely worthless. He's there to drink wine, have sex, do whatever he wants because he's a lord, but he has no ambition
1: whatsoever. He's like Theon Greyjoy at the beginning, kind of. But I think yeah, I mean, it just he just wants the title. He could care less if he's yeah. anywhere. He'll go anywhere. He just it, wants the title because he thinks he can do whatever he wants. Yeah,
0: just it's just not nothing's happening here. So. We kind of move forward through the episode. We get to, um, we're hearing the dragon again and uh is decided that he is going to find out where this dragon is. He kind of walks away and he starts going, uh, for this search. He's looking for where Vagar is. Because you can hear him and no one really knows where he's at. And Vegar as of right now, doesn't have a rider. And we know Eamon doesn't have a dragon. So not sure what's going to happen there. We'll kind of go through that as you get a little bit further into it. Then we move into the the queen that never was and Corlys talking in their chambers about how she feels that Damon killed her because Damon wouldn't let her come home and she wanted to come home and she needed their maesters there. Uh, when really, you know, she's just trying to point blame at somebody right now. And Corliss
1: is right. Corliss says their, their people are just as strained as ours. It wouldn't have mattered. This incident was going to happen. So at that point, I think this is a pretty normal mother and father conversation. That's just upset about their daughter dying.
0: Yeah, I, I I mean, but then they kind of talk about the gods, and she makes the oh, comment. Oh,
1: breaks out quick. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> she makes the comment. Maybe maybe the Lord, the the gods have scorned us. Um, and then they get back into the fight about the crown being hers. Like like the, Corliss can't leave this
1: alone. He can't let it go. driving her nuts. She's like, I, "You're the one that wants the power. You're the one that wants to go." Which leads them into talking about... This opens the door for her to talk about um, who's going to take over Driftmark. Yeah. And that they should make an announcement now. And this flips Corlys off. You know, she he basically says, we should, we should name our oldest daughter to take over Driftmark because she's pure of blood. This comes back to the whole blood thing, which I also find interesting because she's actually Targaryen married into the Valyrians, right? So she's like looking at this from the Valerian side of things, she's like, with the blood, with the blood, and I know you're going to break this down a little bit more, but for all intents and purposes, Corlys basically ends the conversation, says, in the history books, no one cares about blood, people only care about names, so he still wants to stick with Lucerus even though the whole world knows that it's not. he's not valerian but it's because the name all he cares about is the name that will be put in the history books because no one will remember 100 years from now what lucerus looked like
0: but no one but but it's funny i i think you summed it up perfectly but if you go to game of thrones what got ned stark killed was him going back through the history book and looking at what people looked like because black of hair black of hair black of hair blonde of hair Like, oh, wait a minute, we had a bloodline change here based off of what we think someone looked like. So I just thought it was very funny. Like he says, the only thing they remember in the history books is a name. But the thing that got Ned Stark killed wasn't the name. It was the fact that he was looking for a bloodline issue. And all the bloodline issues seem to have started right here. So we're yep, back to where all good. these bloodlines start to cross.
1: Exactly. It's a really good point on this is where it all starts to break down. Yeah. So you have this. And I, I laughed. I laughed a little bit to myself when I was watching the, the funeral scene and see all these people and the lines being drawn. And I thought to myself, they're here mourning the loss of of this girl that the king could have betrothed in episode two. And none of this would be happening. Oh, I know. And but if you think about it, it's just Otto amazing set... how many sides are drawn now because of that one decision. Yeah,
0: all all this was, and it was all set up by Otto. Like Otto set all of this in motion because the king had no desire for Alicent. The king had no desire to remarry. Yeah. Let's go back to this. Like, none of this would have happened if Otto hadn't have set in, sent Alicent to his chambers to start this and started weaving the story of you must remarry, you must remarry, you must remarry. And now after this remarry has happened, the bloodlines are starting to get, you know, crossed. And exactly. That's why I think you also have to, if you look at it from Coralus's point of view, he knows that the kids aren't his sons. He's not an idiot. So he can't look at it as pure bloodline. He has to now change his perspective and say, no, it's about the last name. And if I say it's about the last name from here on out and we no longer care about bloodline, then I've protected my family and set them up to rule for years gone end and no one can talk about bloodline at that point. But that's not Targaryens. Targaryens are very much still bloodline oriented um, as we move forward. So then we get uh to the Damon Rhaenyra scene with them walking on the beach talking and and uh, you almost get the um flirtatious vibes that they had in I don't even remember the episode episode 3 I think that we were there um and they're talking about you know all of the things that has happened over the course of time and the kids and Sir Harwin's death and that she should have forbidden him to leave. Like she could have had the power to stop some of this to happen. And that there's the ghost stories of Harrenhold about um, all the different things. And the one thing is Damon is not believing that this Murderous happenstance. Because there is the story of the ghost of Heron Hall. People die there all the time. Crazy things happen. Damon's not an idiot. Yeah. And Damon also has proven that he will murder to set himself up to get out of marriages, to line himself up the right way. Like he knows how this game is played, because he's playing the game. But here's Renira again, not thinking her friend is capable of murder, but I don't think Allison really thought she was Allison didn't intend for this outcome to happen, but she did set it in motion, and I think that's what Damon's trying to get ranera to see here is that you know he 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 basically says each of us is capable of murder basically you know not in his own words he's used other words but and you'd be surprised at the lengths that we would go to you and and he's saying that because he knows he knows because he's done it himself yeah he's killed for this not this same reason but for a reason so Renira goes into a pity party on how Damon left her and didn't take her during the uh whatever I I don't even know what we call that the wedding massacre The, the the wedding party massacre night when she told him to take him they moved together and we get an interesting interesting thing that's happened here um they finally have sex like we knew this was coming. We knew everything was coming here. And again, HBO had a very drawn out scene. And I totally thought when we kind of exited away <coughs> that it was gonna be Eamon watching them. I totally thought we were having a brand moment here.
1: Yeah, I did too.
0: I like I really thought we were gonna see him watching them having sex on the beach and it was going right back to auto. And we we're gonna have this whole thing blow up that way, but instead, we have Amon finds Vagar sleeping in in the uh, dunes, and Amon runs up to him, and and you know, I give this credit, credit credit, man. He's got balls to go up to this dragon,
1: and you really see this the, the, the scale, scale of this dragon finally. Yeah. Like you really see how much bigger he is because when it cuts away, Eamon just looks like a speck next to this thing. Oh,
0: he is massive. They were not there was actually a um scale model. I guess they took it from the books on the size of the dragons and it was floating around Facebook and and I have to find it and if I find it I'll post it on Facebook, but you saw the scale of Vegar next to all of the other dragons and even the dragons, the other dragons are specs compared to this one. He he is massive. So, and, and just, and this is where I think a lot of people were upset with the darkness of this, because there's so much detail in this dragon that you cannot see if you're watching on just a regular TV or not in super low light with high brightness, Exactly. They did a wonderful job in the CG of this dragon. Like the CG here, you can tell they put a budget into this compared to the dragons that we had in Game of Thrones.
1: Um, and I thought those were pretty good at the time.
0: Yeah, at the time we thought those were good. This is amazing. And you kind of get the scale of how old this dragon is too. Like he's not a young dragon. He's been around for a while. Um. So Eamon tries to climb onto the back of him. The dragon's like not having it, not having it. And then I don't know
1: what like curry means. That means uh, calm down, calm down. Okay. And de Harris at... means serve. Okay. So he basically says, so, calm
0: down and serve me.
1: Yeah. So basically what I, what I got out of this is that. Um Aemon he doesn't go to this dragon timid like you said. He he the balls on this kid. He's straight to I'm going to climb this. I'm going to claim this. I'm going to get on this saddle. And he immediately is is trying to control the dragon versus like walking up like sympathetic trying to be like the gentle giant, you know, rubbing him on his nose or face. Like he wants to basically sh- show this dragon I am I am Aemon. Yeah, and it's, it's
0: interesting because there's also a contradiction here between uh, the way he is controlling this dragon to Viserys, who was the other one that had ridden a dragon of this size, Um, where, where Viserys is like, yeah, you don't control the dragon. The dragon's going to either let you ride it or not. Like, yeah. He's just like, I happen to get lucky that it let me ride him. Um, I wasn't in control. Where Amon's like, no, I'm in control, and the dragon didn't want to let him on his back at first. Now, I do feel like the dragon took him for a little bit of a ride. He does get on his back, oh, and listen, he was—he made yeah, sure. He they... fell, you're not going to be my rider. If you stay on, you're going to be my rider.
1: Yeah, when he finally gets on top of Vagar, I mean, if you are listening to this and you didn't get a chance to watch this, or maybe it was your your room was too light. Go find somewhere dark and try to rewatch this scene because this is the scene, I think, where people are really upset about being too dark. There is so much that happens in this dark space and this dragon going across the water. The visuals and the and everything that I think that they put into the scene was absolutely amazing. I mean, it had me, I don't know about you, but it had me on the edge of my seat because up to this point, I've always kind of felt sorry for Eamon, right? So I am just like holy shit like this kid's gonna die because Vagar is taking him on a ride for the ages like you said it literally looks like how to train your dragon yeah. except if aemon falls off this dragon that dragon ain't swooping down and no, picking him back it's out. not
0: saving him it's not saving. no him this dragon
1: stretch. is trying to toss him it's like riding the bull yeah it's it, this is gonna this
0: is the you have to claim your rights to be my rider and that's and that's what i think the dragon's doing and i think this is also probably now if you think about it here's aemon doing this could you imagine little lady liana doing this when we first met her because yeah, she crazy. took Rhaegar too so that means she had to have done our vegar she had to have done this the same way so i i just couldn't imagine that so then we kind of cut to the girls, um, seeing that their mother's dragon is being ridden, they have no idea who is being ridden, and they end up going and waking up Jace. Um and they they wake Jace up and basically say, Vagar's been stolen. Like someone's trying to to steal Vagar, and they head out somewhere. Then we cut to the queen on her back in the little, you know, sex hut that they have on the beach. Um And Damon's just standing there staring out. And I think he sees that Vegar was being ridden as well. You know, he he had to have heard that. I'm just wondering if that's what got him up. And then you see that is what got him up because Vegar is flying over top of the castle and landing back at the castle. Now, I mean, like completely destroys the little like area that they are yeah, when, when he yeah. lands just destroys it completely um which is probably why Vagar wasn't with all the other dragons because it just wasn't a large enough area for him to be um so aemon basically becomes a badass at this point you know i just took the the largest dragon and he's he's walking like his shit don't stink right now and the only way I can explain the next part that happens in here is um all of a sudden we entered Lord of the Flies. So all, all of this like tension between the children implodes here um because Amen comes back and they're like it's you you're writing it's they uh, makes the comment about the pig
1: and well uh, my favorite line here is that um, He starts to walk through the dragon pit tunnel. I'm assuming it's a dragon pit of some sort. And he says, They say, uh, It's him. And he's like, It's me. And they're like, What are you doing here? And she, they, he says, She says, Vagar is my mother's dragon. He says, Your mother's dead. And then he's like, And Vagar has a new rider. And all I thought was, Captain Phillips, I am the captain now. Yeah,
0: I am the captain now. I, I, like, it's he also... was
1: not playing. Eamon was like, No. no. But the girls are upset. They're like, she was mine to claim. And Amon rightfully at this point, in my opinion, her. says, You should then you should have claimed her. Yeah. If Vagar was yours to claim, why didn't you claim her?
0: And they they were mourning the loss of their mother, so I don't think they had thought about it. But all hell breaks loose in here. The, they start fighting, they start beating them up. The and it's really um
1: one of the girls gets a good right. Oh, yeah. She right nails
0: on. them. Florian's. He has this rock that he's trying to smash their heads in with. And then the youngest one pulls the knife out and they throw dirt and he slashes this dude's Aemon's eye just splits his eye open with this knife. And then the Knights guard shows up like, <laughs> like no one else was following them. So somehow they all got out and no one was watching them.
1: Yeah. And, and I like the look that Sir Harold has when he breaks it up. Cause it's like, Oh, sh- like we might all die for this. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, like he uh, looks scared to death that he caught them doing that. that this is now what's going on. Yeah.
0: So it's, it was a big fight. And we've got a broken nose, um, a slashed out eye. The girls were, be, you know, beaten up. I mean, there, it was a fight. And they end up going back to, uh, I guess they're in the, the Driftmark's like court area is where they're at I, I, they see the it's like the king room the throne room of driftmark the kings in there um and every it, it's just there's so much to unpack in this little scene that they have the biggest thing is everyone's coming in at different times and it's it's that whole he said she said what really happened what didn't happen all the parents are here and the feuds that we have, have 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 boiled over to our children,
1: and and this it really is, where, is it. Really is this? It, it goes back to you know right before he got his eyes slashed, he called Jason his brother a bastard.
0: Yep, it goes back to that. And yeah, so so yeah, I, I, sorry, I missed that po- that point. He the reason why the fight escalated so badly, and I think ended up getting to it. One, he was trying to bash his face in with a rock, and then two. He called them bastards. And that's what we're going to end up getting into is like where, where this all is. Jace was going to kill him, and, and the kids are going nuts. And and the King just wants to get like, what happened? Why did this happen? And why can't we all just get along? I'm too old for this shit. And he asked, Renera asked what happened to her kids and her kids bring up the fact that he called us a bastard. So we kind of threw away the fact that it was a dragon issue here. Like it started because of the dragon issue, but it ended because he called them a bastard.
1: And as soon as he gets into this conversation, it's almost like everyone in the room forgot that this started with Vagar. Yeah.
0: All yeah. of a sudden, Vagar. didn't matter in the at this room, point. Everyone in the room forgot about it except for one.
1: Yeah. And we'll get to that at one. the end because it comes full circle yeah, here. One. One but,
0: remembers it.
1: But what I like is... You know they start talking about bastards, and then um, he wants to know who who said all this stuff. And at one point, Kristen Cole starts laughing, but H- Harold looks at him and is like, "Stop laughing!" Yeah. Like basically shuts him. Just Bro, you're you about to get our. Killed. Yeah, you're about to get our heads cut off. We could be in trouble for this because the king's already mad that they let this happen. He's basically initially blamed them. Well, he, what goes, I like he goes that, after
0: Cole in the beginning and he's like, asked him, like, how does this happen? He's like, we've never had to protect princes against princes before, my lord. Like, yeah, no one expected them to get into this kind of fight because it's never happened before.
1: Yeah, uh, and that, that's where and that's where Cole uh, Christian Cole starts laughing because they the queen shouts out. I wonder where their boy's father is. Leonor. of course, everyone knows where Leonor is. He's with his lover. I'm assuming at this point. Yeah, yeah. So me, you've left. got all this going on, but the but uh, the king eventually just loses it on his on his uh, Aemon son Amon, and he's basically no, sorry, forcing him. Um, well, he loses no, it here. on Aegon first. He want well he want no he wants Aemon to say who told him. Well, so and but he goes to Aegon
0: first, the... and Aegon is like everyone knows.
1: Well, that's yeah, that's yeah. when he went to Aegon because he looked at his and you could see the queen was scared that Amon was going to throw his mother under the you know.
0: Well they all looked the right bus. at her like and it's not like again it's where the king doesn't want to notice the thing in the room yes because everyone is staring right at the queen like he's like where did everyone hear these vile accusations and everyone's eyes goes to Allison to the queen like immediately cuz she everyone new. knows it's, she's been saying
1: it yeah and and i i found it interesting how much her kids you know the younger brother kind of panicked and threw his older brother under the bus, but the older brother quickly was like, "Oh, I'm not throwing my mom under the bus." So he just he just came out and said it, and everyone was like, dead silent. It was so awkward when he goes, "Everyone knows, father." I was like, "Oh, damn." Yeah, and so
0: it's interesting. And then after all of that, Allison loses it.
1: This this yeah, the norm- king basically yeah, because the king shuts it down, right? Yeah, the he king just is says, like,
0: "There's nothing we can do." We can't bring back an eye. There's nothing we do. I do want to point out, though, the whoever made the decision to have Damon leaning on the door the way he is in the background is so Damon and so perfect as he is watching this unfold with the smirk on his face. And watching his brother's world implode, and just the way he walks into the room and he just folds his arms and he leans up against the wall like let let the show go, guys, let the show yeah. go, and it's his kids, like, like that's the part that Damon's not getting involved in this, and two of his kids, rightfully his kids, like that bastard's done anything, two of his daughters are in in this whole thing. And it's just so Damon to sit there and be like, I'm gonna watch this unfold. I'm gonna just sit back and listen and find my spot here. You know who's missing?
1: Otto. Well, Otto's in the room too. But no, saying nothing. He's not saying anything. Which, again,
0: two of your smartest people in here, the ones playing the game the most, and I don't think Damon's playing much of a game, but knows how the game is played, aren't saying a word and is letting all of them implode
1: now the interesting well, what's part the number one here, thing you've always said don't give them only too much answers, information only answer questions that are much- asked and they're not being asked anything no
0: they're not being brought into this right now now the thing that's very out of character here is Allison. Allison normally is calculated smart plays the plays the part but her kids are involved. So her emotion is getting the best of her here. And she basically says, no pun intended. I want an eye for an eye.
1: Like that's yeah, what she says. I mean, because the King says, what would you have me do at this point? And she's like, I, I can't want her, the eye. I want Yeah. He's like, she's like, I want to take one of her son's eyes. And everyone in the room is kind of like, are you even the people that probably agree with her, that everything is wrong are still looking at her. Like, what what
0: yeah what like this isn't this isn't gonna happen and the king even looks at her like are you kidding me did you just say this like no and i I'm, like I'm i
1: i thought that it, I, I was nervous at one point because she looks who does she look to in their and and commands cole and he doesn't do, to it. do it and that was the first time i think we've seen where he didn't do something where either Rhaenyra at one point or Allison has tried to get him to do with all the back history with, with the queen Allison and, and Cole, the fact that he stands up finally and is like, I am your sworn protector. Not like basically is like, I'm, I'm supposed to protect you. The kid's not trying to kill you. So
0: yeah, he, he, (laughs) she says you are sworn to me. And he says, as your protector, my queen, not as your mercenary, not as, not as your assassin you have that other guy to do that. And I think that's what Cole is trying to get to the point. Cause Cole knows Cole's not dumb. He may be as much, as much as a pity party. He can be like, he's the John snow of this, like pity me. Um sorry. I had to make another John snow oh, pity party comment. Um, but you know, as much as he's been there, he, he's like, I, I'm sworn to you as a protector, my queen, I'm not sworn to you. And I think sir, Harold, like, Really respected that comment from him because Sir Harold looked over at him like, are you going to do this? Like, please don't do this because then I'm going to have to kill you. And he's like, no, I'm your protector. No one's trying to kill you here. Like, if the kid picks up a knife and tries to stab you, yeah, I'll kill him. I won't have a problem with that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the king the king
1: finally makes a final demand. Yeah. He basically makes a law that says anyone that questions the legitimacy of the birth of my uh, grandson, grandchildren will lose their tongue. Yep. And you kind of think everyone at this point, it's like she's mad. You can see, but it's like it's like that was it. Everyone's going to walk out and everyone's going to bed. But Ender, that is not what happened, is it? No,
0: no. um, (laughs) Somehow it gets worse. The queen was not having it. And basically, she rips the dagger out of the dagger. The Let's make dagger, sure we let everyone understands the dagger—the dagger that has the prophecy on it—and goes after Rhaenyra. And she's trying to kill her. Basically, she wants to stab her. This is the first time that Otto speaks up this whole time. He basically like release the blade, Allison. You're fucking this up for us, girl. You're messing things up. Don't do it. Um,
1: and I've and, and just as he, what's interesting is you said Otto jumps in speaking for the first time. Someone else does something kind of in this room for the first time because Cole now goes to try to get to the queen's side and Damon, Damon stops, stops him.
0: Yep. So Damon, Damon stops, stops Cole, him. and it's interesting how Damon stopped Cole because. Cole didn't put up much of a fight when Damon stopped him. You would have thought Cole would have tried to fight through Damon in order to get there, but Cole kind of makes eye contact with Damon and realizes like, okay, this is not my position. We have to let this play out because it's going to end bad for me. Damon protects Cole here. I I think he's protecting Rhaenyra, but he's also protecting Christian Cole at the same time. Because this wasn't going to end well. Because it's not like Rhaenyra doesn't have an entire kingdom at her back right now. She's yep. in Driftmark. Like it's not mm. like Alicent isn't blood here. Rhaenyra
1: is, ish.
0: At least by marriage. I mean,
1: anyone that defends either side of this and, and goes too far is probably going to die. Yeah, um, they will die long before anyone in these families die.
0: But now, but then it's, it's it's very interesting the kind of comment the conversation that they have while they're, they're trying to stab each other um and right after Otto says release the blade um now you take my son's eye now you're entitled that and then she basically reneer is like it's exhausting isn't it you know basically living behind these lies all the time hiding beneath the cloak of your own righteousness this is and, and when she says that it's almost like Rhaenyra is having this realization at this exact moment.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: that she has been playing the game wrong. She has opened herself and her kids up to this. All of the mistakes she has made have come to this moment in time right now where she has put everything she loves in danger. And she realizes it now. This is when she had that realize this is, As I watched this for the second time, the first time I thought it and the second time confirmed it, Rhaenyra just grew up. In this moment, Rhaenyra just grew up, and I think we're going to get the Rhaenyra of old back. Because honestly, the older Rhaenyra has been very scared, very worried, not the confident young girl that we've had in the past. She's been very different, and I think at this moment she makes the change. And Allison's still holding the knife, bearing down on her. And her last comment to her is, "But now they see you as you are, basically a serpent lying waiting." And she lets her stab her. Alice, she lets Allison stab her. She lets her stab Yeah, she lets Allison stab her arm. That was not by accident. She lets go and makes sure, and she lays her arm out there and shows everyone the blood. And I thought, you know, she cut her down the wrist of the arm, like that's a bad cut. She's very lucky that that blade is as sharp as it is, because if it was dull, she could have died from that cut. You know, that's the suicide way of doing it. Like that's not that's not good. But it all comes back around. When Eamon stands up and Eamon becomes almost, in my mind, the, and and we'll probably see this as we move forward, but the other side's Damon. The other side's badass that's going to be there and is ready to go. Because he says, do not mourn me, mother. It was a fair exchange. I may have lost an eye. But I gained a dragon. He was the only one that realized in this whole thing yeah. that we just took. Everyone one... forgot too. Driftmark had Vagar, mm-hmm. and they all thought this was about being a bastard. No, this was about the fact that we just lost the most powerful dragon that we had, and they just became more powerful, more powerful than anything else. And and I think. Day- and the two people they cut to immediately obviously. It's Rainier and Damon. Well, it's Rainier and Damon, but they cut to Damon and Otto. Yep.
1: Yeah. The two people. You can people- see the line is being drawn right yeah. here.
0: The line is drawn, and you can tell that those two just realized it too. Like, fuck.
1: You could see Damon has. Oh, shit. Like not fear, but oh shit. Yeah. And Otto has, I'm trying to hold in my smile and celebration. Right well, I now. think
0: Otto also, yes, his smile celebration, but Otto also sees he's the one that we need to rally behind, not his brother. Yep. I think it's now there's 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 a there's a clear separation between him and his brother at this point, and then he lays his head on his mother, and you have the lines drawn. I mean, it is. It, when they say the greens and the blacks, like you, your, your lines are drawn here now. With which side you're going to be standing on? Um, are you are you with all of the? You know, and and we're going back to the green, as in Alison's dress, the high tower yep. green that they have, and the dark black clothing that the Targaryens and the Driftmarks wear. Okay. So we are back. Sorry for the little interruption. Anyone that has kids will understand that sometimes they go insane and you got to figure out what is going on. Fight (laughs) over who is going to watch what iPad uh, when they have two of them and one was upstairs. You know, who would have thought? Just walk upstairs and get your iPad. Anyway, speaking of uh, parents and their kids, we move into auto... Coming see into Allison's chambers. You see what I did there? You like that? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Come on. We gotta. We gotta make it work. So you get Auto uh, coming into Allison's chambers, and and they're packing up to leave. Let's say, let's just say they've probably outstayed their welcome at Driftmark at this point. Like they stole their dragon, they had a fight in the middle of there. They probably should leave. It's time for the king to get out of here uh, before anything else happens. Um. So as Otto walks in, Allison is kind of the girl, girlish character we remember, with her father being in the room, and the presence of her father, and 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 is like, I lost my composure, all of these different things. But she's embarrassed. Yeah, she's embarrassed because you know she's like, she's thinking of all the things that that her father had. Had taught her and how she wanted to act, but Otto has the complete opposite reaction of what she was expecting. He basically says, "Well, I didn't know this side of you even existed. Um, this is an ugly thing. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly thing that I did, a uh, spreading speculation and gossip and all these different things." And Otto looks at her and he's like, "It's all true." She's like, "I disgraced myself." And the king's never going to to believe me again, and all these different things. But Otto is now. You're playing the game.
1: He I says didn't we think play. An, you had it. Yeah, he says we play an ugly game, and now I see that you have the determination to win. The it.
0: determination to win the game. Um, and it's very interesting, and I think this is the coming of age again of Alicent with her father of you understand what I've been telling you and you're willing to fight for what you want. When you were younger, I didn't think you had it in you to fight, but now you do. Um, and it kind of goes on to talking about the stubbornness of the King. And you know, they, they kind of go in there, but it ends with kind of what we had just said of auto making the realization that what, what, she can get the king back on her side. She can plead her case. The, the king is easily flipped. Like, we all know this. She goes, puppy eyes, says she's sorry, says it was all the other things. The king knows that that it, it'll it be fine between them. But what Eamon did, winning Vegar on the side, he's right, was worth a thousand times what happened to him, the price that he paid from losing an eye. And Allison just looks at him in, like, this disgust, like, not disgust, but just shocked look on her face of, like, this is not what I was expecting here, but I think I understand. Uh, So it was very interesting uh, scene there and just confirms everything with Otto. He's there for power. He's there to weasel his way into power, however it may be. Then we move into Rhaenyra's room, and man, that's a wicked wound. Like, Did we need that close-up with a needle going through her skin? Gotta show like, how much it hurt. I mean, it did make me cringe because I've, you know, I've had my fair share of stitches, but man, I couldn't imagine doing it with that large of a needle that they had and no, nothing numbing it. Whew. That, that, you that can tell just, she's in pain, oh, too. Oh, it, it made me hurt. Like, I've... I don't know. Have you, have you had stitches before? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like even when they numb it, you have that sensation of it going through your skin. That still makes your stomach cringe a little bit. You don't really feel it. I couldn't imagine what it would feel like to have to sit there and do that with how big that wound is. Um, so Lenor comes in. We finally find Lenor who, uh, was wasting away in his self pity and he's super upset Uh, and, and he embodies his character here. I feel of being the proud knight that he is and the honorable man that he is of, I screwed up. I wasn't there to protect you. I wasn't there to protect my kids. I failed you. Um, and he's basically devoting himself to Rhaenyra here and the kids and and to be a better father than he has been. And that she has held up her side of this bargain they made when they were kids a long time ago, but he does feel like he hasn't lived up to his. That's kind of what I got from this here. Is there anything else that I missed there? I think they,
1: I mean, I I mean, I do think that it's like, I think he has all the sadness and, regret, like you said, but she kind of laughs and like has no, she has no ill will or blame towards him at all. No, she
0: doesn't. I, but I just think it, it's him. You know, he talks about the stepstones and that, you know, his, his lover is going to be going to the fight and he's not going to go. Cause that was a big issue in the beginning where, you know, he's like, I get out of the way of the storm, but with his daughter passing with all of this attacks that are happening on his daughter, his sister his passing, sister. Mm-hmm. with all of the attacks that are happening um you know he just feels like his his place is to be there with her and you got to accept that as as him being honorable to the agreement that that he has made and now he's going to live that agreement um then you cut to the you know the chariot that follows them everywhere uh Allison and the king on the,
1: the perfect king, road on the that per- you love
0: <laughs> come on it's too perfect <laughs> It's too perfect, like they didn't have it was it's not a cobblestone road, it's a perfect road um so you move to the king that's in there he's not doing really well. Allison tries to talk to him he just like waves her off um then you have like a little scene with uh um Coralis and his wife, and they all just kind of watch Vegar fly away with the ship. And he, and, is and, massive. and he is massive. And you start to see like okay, they did make a a a trade here. Um and this trade was was a big deal. Um then we move to Damon and Ranira talking again about how fire is a fickle thing and house Targaryen um how it's cost them both what they loved most. And they kind of talk about, Damon kind of brings up how the sea is your escape, or Rhaenyra says the ski is your escape and the fire is your prison. So maybe the Valyrians had it right to worship the sea and not fire. Um, And it's this is kind of how they end all these episodes, where they just start cutting around. Seems like at the end of the episodes, you start getting these cuts. Um, Laris comes up to the queen and... Did he ask what I think he asked here? If the queen wanted something specific. Like the queen wanted an eye.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, (laughs) I think he was just saying, if you want something, I will. Yeah. He's basically reconfirming that I already proved to you that I will do anything you want and you will never be held accountable. But like, it's like, finally, Allison's like, Allison's like, uh, no, 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 we're good. He basically just says, whenever you're ready, queen. Yeah.
0: And, I, and it's me. just like, this confirmed to me, this guy is willing to do anything. Yeah. He's willing to do anything. Like, he's like, I'm going to go get the kid's eye. You said you wanted an eye. Okay. I'll send one of my guys in there to retrieve you and eye. and Allison's just kind of like, you're going to make me spell this out for you. Like, don't do that. <laughs> I don't need you to do that. Um, so then we go back to Rhaenyra and Damon, and Rhaenyra says, "I need you, Uncle," and starts a interesting, um, comment in High Valyrian that she cannot face the Greens alone. Let us bind our blood, like Aegon the Conqueror did. It always goes back to Aegon the Conqueror, yeah, and all of his sisters. So I want to say I called this like in yeah, episode you did. three first
1: episode episode one was it one one um, you said you think that their very first meeting there in the throne there's room. just
0: too much going on here and she proposes a marriage between her and damon but there is one thing standing in the way Laenor. um Laenor. she's already married so lanar has to be dead well, I mean, no problem. Damon's already done this once. Damon's done this once. Arranged someone to be killed, or get it himself. Um. So Damon decides to put his Obi-Wan cloak on. Uh, that's all I can think of every time yeah, he's every in. Time. It's just Obi-Wan is running around, and he goes to Carl. Carl. Uh, Lenore's
1: lover. lover. Basically.
0: Um, And basically offers him lots of money to publicly murder Lenore and that, you know, across the sea, he can live like a King where names and everything don't matter. And he needs to make it a quick death with lots of witnesses. So, yeah, this is getting a little interesting here. After he, after Lenore basically says, Rhaenyra, I'll do anything for you. Rhaenyra's first thought behind that is, okay, let me go kill him <laughs> and be with Damon. So then we move into like the chambers and Damon takes some random dude out, like just busts in, just chokes this dude out. Lenore is in the throne room area i guess um and his his lovers there and basically he basically tells him you've always looked down on me um i do love you grant me this kindness and they start fighting man they're going to right the death. in front of this other right guard in front who... of his i guess his like steward probably yeah um, he pushes him out of the way and and they go at it uh so the kid goes and gets the guard and when they come back, not exactly how I thought it was going to end. He pushes Lenore into the fire and burns his body. And the king's guard is pulling him out of the fire as it's happening. And then we cut to Damon and Rhaenyra doing a blood-packed wedding. I guess this is how Targaryens do it. Like they cut their lips and. Their hands and the blood and very awkward, but they are getting married, so their bloodline is there. And you have—I don't know who in the world is doing this marriage here, but you got a maester, you got him. I guess they're—are they in like Pentos? Like, did they leave? Are they like they can't be doing it in Driftmark right now?
1: So I mean, I kind of thought that they were still in Driftmark, to be honest. Yeah, it does look like it. Because his the kids, are I mean, there. this is, a, yeah, yeah I think that this happens literally within,
0: yeah, I don't know day. what the time frame is or whatever happens, but the kids are there, his kids, her kids, they're getting married, um, super awkward, then we cut, after they get to go through the marriage ceremony, and and I, I kind of drifted over that, but that's a big deal, like, you have now, Rhaenyra basically just said F off father F off high towers. I'm creating my own bloodline here. And regardless of how the Valyrians feel about it, they're kind of stuck because their grandchildren are Damon's kids So like, yeah. by that, yeah. by default, he pulls it in, but we already know that Driftmark and Damon have worked together in the past. Correct. And didn't necessarily like the way the king was doing that. So doing different things. Now the question comes into, can the queen that never was and Rhaenyra get on the same page? You know, does Corlys have some other agenda to get her back in power? But Corlys really cares about a name, but the name is gone. Like Corlys loses that name now because it's Targaryen to Targaryen. So if you really think about that, he has no claim anymore. So does he even have loyalty to Damon anymore? Does he have loyalty to Rhaenyra anymore? Because he's got to imagine that they get married minutes after this happening. They're going to assume that they killed him. Like, come on. Yeah. But again, he said, make it public, say what it was. The stewards there, seeing them fight because you disown me it's his lover and him getting into a quarrel are they going to believe that but then the the plot turns what i thought was going to be damon um helping the young lad Uh-oh. that just created the murder for him um turns out to be somebody else who does that turn out to be? Yeah, it's him. He's not dead. Lenor's not dead. He's shaved his head. He shaved his head. So no one would notice him anymore.
1: And they're, they're rowing out to this ship that's waiting on them. So
0: here's an interesting thing. And this, when I saw this, a couple of things went through my mind. and I don't know what is true. And we may find out in the future. Did his lover truly love him? and they planned it together to leave? Or was this Rhaenyra asking him to do this for him so he could be a free and live his life the way he wants I, to live away from I, I, it? I don't
1: know which way it went. No, that's that's the way I think. I think that that Rhaenyra truly does love, love him, not in the traditional sense of they, you know, want to stay together and be passionate and all that. But I think she really does care for him. He they did grew up what together. he could. They, they, grew, up they together. grew up together. I think they have so much respect. I think she genuinely wants him to be happy. He doesn't want to play these games. He does want to do battle and stuff, but he doesn't care about the power and the, pl- he literally, he, he could, likes he could have, He likes to fight. So I think this is a way for everyone to win and he gets to win and he gets to be who he is in a place where according to Damon, doesn't matter. And it's also, keep in mind, it seems like the same place that Kristen Cole was trying to get Rainier to go to earlier this season.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it it does have that vibe, but I think we, this, the
1: question is open on which way it went. I think that Damon and Rainier both know that he's alive.
0: I, I, I think that could be 100% the way this goes, and we never see Lanor again. You know, he, his character is gone. We don't see him again. No one cares, but I could easily see that this guy, the lover was like, Hey, Damon just paid me off to kill you. Let's go through with this and we could be there. And then Lenore pops up down the road and is like, ha! like you thought I was dead, but I'm not. So let me tell them about your dastardly ways. Like I, I see that less happening than they, that's, this was their plan all along because she already knew and i think there's mutual respect there just from the scene that they had earlier and i don't think i don't think Renara's is that cold i don't think she is i don't think she would kill someone innocently just because to to push her agenda
1: if there's another way they did kill the guy on the steps in it who was innocent
0: but Except Damon sure, did, not Rhaenyra. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I don't know. Like, still you leave, to kill somebody. You leave this in Damon's hands. You don't know what way it's going to go. But I believe that this is something in, in, in the mind of like where Alicent says something and someone takes it in a different interpretation. Where Rhaenyra says, okay, we have to kill him. By kill him, I mean we need to make him disappear. And by disappear, I mean let's go have a chat with Lenore and be like, hey, we know that you aren't really a fan of all these games and that you want to go do this other stuff. Um, we want to play the game. We don't have a choice but to play the game. Here's our way of getting you out of this. After you've lost your sister, you know, obviously your father and you don't see eye to eye on your lifestyle, Um You know, and you don't want any of the power that's come from this. Here's what we can do. I still find it hard to believe that a man in Westeros is walking away from any type of power. Like, at the end of the day, that is not how any of them work. But he's not dead. And we'll have to see what happens with his character down the road. I don't know. All right thank you all for listening to this. This has been one of our longer episodes, but I think there was a lot to unpack. I do apologize for having this episode out so late. We're going to have the next episode um, pretty much coming out right after this. I still have to watch it. Um, Unfortunately, COVID uh, zaps your energy and it lingers for a long time. So, trying Andrew, to stay you up. will
1: you will see how hard it was for me to forget oh, I'm, about I'm, that episode I'm while sure, recording this one
0: i'm sure it was i still remember how hard it was from the first and second episode when we did those back to back yeah absolutely but i promise that we are back on our schedule moving forward barring any other crazy development such as covid and all the other random stuff that could happen but james is back i'm back thank you for listening please if you like the content Uh, subscribe to the podcast like the video leave us a comment and also check out lastchoicenetwork.com for all of our other podcasts and links to our youtube channels i'm ender thank you for listening my co-host james we are out have a good night